Hello and welcome to a special series of Block Talk, which we're calling Block Talk Explores. These quick listen episodes will be split by topic area, as our guests, who are all industry leaders in Scotland, will be discussing three specific industry topics. Topic number one is education and awareness of the industry and what property factors do. Number two is recruitment within the industry and any challenges that we that they see. Um, and the third one is customer care. Um, we'll release two episodes in week one and the third will be released the following week. We hope you enjoy the series and as always, it would be great to hear your feedback. Welcome to another episode of the Block Talk podcast. We're doing Block Talk to Explorers. And in this episode, we're talking to Laura Bradley and Audrey Murphy about recruitment. Laura is the operations manager at Highland Residential. She has 15 years of experience working in the private letting sector. Laura is focused on giving the best service to all her customers and has recently completed a property mark level six qualification in residential lettings and property management for Scotland. Audrey is the Interim Director of Governance and Business Improvement at Albine Housing. She joined Albine in Feb 22, armed with knowledge and experience from previous roles in a variety of housing associations across Glasgow, leading operational and strategic frontline services in a senior management role. Previous to the last 20 years working within the housing sector, Audrey worked for nine years within residential services for a mental health charity so wow lots of experience there from from both let's, let's kind of move on to the recruitment kind of um part of this in in more detail um can you i mean we we i, I spoke about, i speak about this quite a lot i mean we we struggle with recruitment in, in in our industry and i think every industry in the uk probably has a has an issue with um um recruitment at the moment um could you tell us what your experiences with recruitment has been yeah, so we've had some difficulties in the past, um, the past couple of years with recruiting factory and officer roles. Part of our challenge is we serve a rural location, as I was saying yeah. earlier. It is spectacular, but it is also very vast. Um, yeah. And that in itself has its additional challenges. Right. Um, also to secure experienced staff as well because of the, because of the, the sort of rural location too. Um, we have a stable team at the moment. So, you know, reflecting on what Zoe said um, in her in, in the previous podcast um, about the industry needed to alter their approach of being open minded, flexibility, the hybrid working terms and conditions. That is something that Highland Residential offer. You know, we're part of the Auburn Housing Group. Um, so part of that parent association the staff really appreciate those sort of flexibilities and the, um, you know, the offer that that comes with that side. Okay, okay. Um, and Audrey, any 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 addition for you on the kind of experience with recruitment? Yeah, um, I really enjoyed actually that whole topic. You know, discussing about hybrid working and um, flexibility because I, I believe in it. I think the pandemic has changed everybody's 
view of the world and, and how they want to live their life and even yeah. it comes to customers how they want to engage as well because it's changed yeah. their customers lives um and i think for me you know yes i have been hearing some organizations talk about oh we all need to be back in the office but very little um, and i know zoe was, was saying that that's something that she was hearing maybe a, a bit more i think it was in the survey I think it's like anything else, and it comes down to trusting staff. It, it comes uh, and understanding how our customers want to engage with us in a range of different ways. You know, same message, but hear, hearing it different different ways or getting that message different ways. I think it's also about reading how different the world is now and how much, you know, nobody wants to do that, you know, on the commute wheel at the same time. And I don't actually think it'll ever come back. Um, people are much more tech savvy, um, yeah. you know, obviously just in terms of because, yeah, well, we had to, didn't we? We had to make sure that we could get our shopping and see family and friends. And so if you didn't want to do it before, that was the motivation to do so. So I think, yeah. Okay. Okay. And talking about that, yeah, Zoe and Malcolm did that um, podcast and did a, a session at the Arma conference as well, actually, mm-hmm. on this whole um, you know, what are people looking for? Now, at the end of the day, you know, it, it's a balance, isn't it? You've got to balance what the business needs and what and what your what your team are looking for. Did you have any other thoughts about the kind of the, the stuff that Zoe and Malcolm were talking about? Yeah, I mean, I, I like the, I, I understand the frustration. Um, I do, I do think that a lot of industries, you said it earlier on, Brian, I think a, a lot of um, sectors are struggling uh, with particular skills gaps or you know jobs that have changed and one of the things um, is obviously uh, we work in the property industry you'll have felt it the kind of, kind of construction you know trades um, people you know that that was quite a big hit technical um, qualified people um, has, has been an issue um, yeah. but again you know and, and I think the pandemic gave people food for thought um, of what they wanted to do and then obviously these some roles have been a demand so people can walk and move and, and have a lot more flow to their career than they've ever had before um, so yes I, I like Zoe's point about I think to be in the front foot of this, you you have to be flexible employer. You have to be, you know, your terms and conditions have to be absolutely competitive, um, and that's that's the way you you attract staff. Yeah, yeah. Laura, any views? Um, yeah, no, I, I completely agree with what Audrey was saying. One of the other things that we found, obviously, with the pandemic, obviously, developers stopped building because they couldn't build. So that has also had, I suppose, mm-hmm. a, a knock-on effect. So we're probably now just, just now sort of seeing, you know, developments handed over and also the cost implications of the pandemic. So, you know, a lot of costs have, have risen. So, you know, everybody, you know, cost of living crisis, everybody's aware of how the pounds and pence are now being spent um so yeah I think that's also an impact so like you said with your son you know he's moved in and he now has to find that money for to pay for his factoring factoring charges that he might not have budgeted into um and that's where you know that that comes in into it as well yeah yeah no I get it I, I have to say that the whole kind of hybrid remote in an office thing there's there's various there's various things that that are challenging there because 
Um, the one thing that I always enjoyed about working in an office environment was actually almost learning by osmosis from people talking and being able to turn around and kind of just say to someone, you know, how do we do this and how do we do that? Or how would we, you know, it's the support mechanism, isn't it? And you've got to think about people working from home. But, and, and, you know, that to me is a, is something you you can't, well, you can't replicate entirely in a hybrid and remote environment, but you but you can do things to to, to kind of help to do them uh, as well. And as long as everyone's still trying to make sure that they're addressing these points, but but the bigger challenge. I mean, I, I've got a pal who who works for a for another software company, and um, and about a year ago, they were really really struggling to find some really good developers. Um, as we all do. I mean, we've been quite fortunate recently. We've doubled our development teams and we've got one le- one hire left to do. So we've managed to find kind of five odd people recently. But, but and the company he works for, they are back in the office. That's it. You're back in the office. Okay. So um, my pal was speaking to his boss. He's like, well, okay. 95% probably of developers, and I didn't know the percentage, but he's, he's, he's giving a number to, to show his, his, his reasoning at this point. 95% of software developers want to work at home, which means our talent pool is now 5%, okay? And the answer was pretty much just employ someone, yeah? And it was like, right, you now, here is, you have two CVs, employ them. Okay, these two people on these CVs are much worse than the people, that, or not as good, sorry, as the people that we actually currently have employed. That's fine, just employ them. Now, that is a, that is a, that is a race to the bottom because your good people are just going to leave because you're employing shit people. Sorry to swear, but I do that a lot. Okay, so, and it's just that mentality is just a bum on a seat, yeah? Whereas I prefer, I'm going to swear again, I prefer the uh, um, I prefer the uh, one that I think Steve Jobs, it definitely comes from Apple, and that's better to have a hole than an asshole, meaning you're better to actually have a vacant position than someone in that position who's not very good at it. So, you know, that's the challenge. The challenge is finding people who are going to work within the environment that your business works. And it is going to, and it is definitely a balance. Yeah. Should just be two, two, three minutes and two swear words. I apologize. <laughs> Anyone who knows me knows that that's actually not a lot to be fair. <laughs> so, so the other thing that, that um, Zoe and Malcolm covered, um, and there's a lot of chat about this as well. And that is, that you know, we now have what everyone calls Gen Z, Gen Z. Um, so the younger um, uh, part of society in 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 work. Um, and there's been a lot of chat about you know, and and I think it's an art form to be fair, dealing with the different the different kind of um, the demographic of the of the workforce. But have you had to, or or have you adjusted how you're um, how you operate to accommodate um, those different demands of the new generation? Um, I'm, I'm actually going to take that that one. Um, I actually have two Gen Z children um, and kind of proud to say that they have both followed in the footsteps of their mother and they are both working in housing. Um, right. So I, I do believe that... Um, 
making them come to gala days and making them, you know, do their volunteering um, okay. as, the, as they were growing up, obviously had an impact. Um, and they are, you know, they are, they're, they're both, both work for different um, two separate companies, but they, and, and they do different roles, but they, they're, they're both in, in housing. And, you know, they, you know, I know them and obviously they are sets of friends um, and they're six years between my two children. So one's 20, another one's 26. And um, so they're both of them um, Gen Z. But I I found they're, um, they've got a great work ethic and a lot of their friends have the same, but they, they don't think the way that, you know, I did when when I was kind of growing up, I've stayed long, long terms and yeah. jobs for like years, um, yeah. and you know, really kind of had to velcro myself off, you know, to to move elsewhere. Um, however, they don't view the world that way. You know, yeah. they 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 try on different roles. They they they're more fluid. They they they're really. They were already flexible before we had the pandemic, as we are put it, um, and they. They learn their craft. They're very good technically, you know, technical stuff. Um, much more up to speed than 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 most of like my generation. And they don't they don't have that. I need to stay here for twenty years, or I'm looking for a job for life. The way yeah. that maybe we thought about. I admire it because I think there's an element that's quite brave. Um, yeah. I don't know how they'll get a good pension because they never stay. Off in one place to kind of build up their pension, which worries me greatly, but they have no concern of. Um, however, I do think that when they find the right fit, they then become loyal and you know they, they stay. But as long as there's some opportunities or a career path that they can see, they'll stay. It's just a different way of thinking, and yeah. I think you have to embrace it as an employer. I think you have to stop seeing it as oh, I'm not investing money and them to development what you have to do is find ways to create those um, opportunities and succession planning I think is much more important now than it used to be because you have to see how do I keep this talent and how do I keep them you know flowing through our organization that's the way I, I see it anyway Okay, good point. Good point. Yeah, and it's great that you've got experience of that as well. I've got a I've got a twenty year old and a twenty two year old uh, who have entirely different paths. Twenty year olds in the army, a twenty two year old is finishing a master's in AI at Edinburgh, and um, and so he is still to go and find that job. And but mm-hmm. just the way he talks, it's like you know I'll go do this and then I'll maybe go do that and then I'll. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just it's very yeah. very. Um, it's very, very different to how I was. Laura, any views on that? Um, no, I completely agree with what Audrey was saying. So it is a case of we need to develop and give the, you know, give them things to achieve. So if they are highly driven and they want to move around, rather than lose the talent, you yeah. know, give them the opportunity to expand their knowledge. And and I was, me and Audrey were talking. Uh, prior to this, Nike kind of said, "You remember years ago when you went were in school and you went to see your careers, and they said, what do you want to do when you're older?'" And that's kind of gone now. It's it's you know what you know you don't have to make a plan when you leave school to go right. What am I going to do for the next twenty yeah. years? You know, there's always going to be the little people who want to be a police officer and a fireman and a nurse and a doctor, and that's amazing. But it's that what do you want to be when you grow up? Because that's your career path. 
it's gone it's gone and actually I think it's really good to embrace the the change as well and the and the new way of of learning you know from their perspective too yeah no I understand because yeah because my um my son is in the army he's like I don't know if I still want to do this but then if I don't do it what am I going to do and I'm like the world's your oyster go do what you want to do think about so I think I think from that point of view, there the, the, there is that perception that you know I can do what I, you know I can do this this year and maybe do that next year. The 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 flip side of that, and and I get what you guys are saying about keeping them engaged within the organisation, giving them different things to do, and you know and, and 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 if they are driven, give them things to achieve to keep them. Um, I and I've mentioned this on this podcast before. Um, I watched and or listened to or watched a podcast with Stephen Bartlett and Simon Sinek. Okay, now I've got a huge amount of time for Simon Sinek. I've listened to a lot of his stuff, and his argument was that there's an expectation that when you walk into a job to do a job. So I'm doing job X, and there's someone who's been here for five years who's 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 also doing the same job. But that guy's paid more than me, and why is that? And and all of these sort of things. And I guess there's a um, the point Simon was putting across was that um, the employer, that guy that's been there for five years, he knows that he can count on him 100% if the shit hits the fan, if there's a problem or whatever. But the person who's been there for six months or three months has not proved themselves yet, yeah? So actually if they jump every six months, they're never getting the point to, or getting to the point where they can prove themselves within an organization. And it's just the flip side of the argument, I guess, but, but they're going to at some point find something because the, we as an employer, um, CPL as an employer, um, um, Helen, who's our head of people and culture, um, when she talks to recruiters, the recruiters know not to give her any CVs where someone has jumped very, very quickly more than three or four times because that's a big risk from us as employers. So when it comes back to that whole making sure that you're giving them something to keep them there, isn't it? So. I, I agree, and, and and I think there is. I think you're right. I think depending on your experience, there is two flip sides, isn't there? There, there is, the, um, and it, it'll be depend on your experience. And, and I remember, um, you know, having the my, my daughter's been a lot more steadier than than, than my son, um, because yeah. he went to uni and then he, he decided to to drop out, and I told him he couldn't drop out until he got a job, thinking that that would clearly put him off um, <laughs> um he he would stay but no uh, six weeks later he he got his first job in, in housing he, he he secured at 17 um a, a year's you know um apprenticeship in in property a uh, building um maintenance and he he was like see there you go mum I, I done it and, and off he went um but he'd already had two jobs but then he'd worked for asda and he'd worked at mcdonald's uh, while he was at school and he then, the pandemic cut, he he finished his apprenticeship and then he went back to uni um, and then came out of uni and then, you know, went for another housing job and then changed after a year. And I remember when he was moving from that housing job, but he was moving back to back home because he was in Dundee at this point. And I said to him, you know, the next job you take, you I think you better take some time out and be sure. 
yeah. because it is now starting, you're now starting in it. That's because I'm Gen X and I'm like, job for life and he's going to look ropey. Yeah. Um, and 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 he was saying he didn't get my argument. He didn't get my point of view. He was just like, but I do a great job when I'm there. I'm, I'll give it my all. And, and I'm like, yeah, but you'll look ropey because you've had a few jobs. So I, I don't know how you... I don't know how we, as 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 you know, traditional viewpoint, get past that of yeah. coming up as the Gen, the Gen Z, and they don't think that way, and they don't, yeah. you know, you, you if if you don't wait, I think if we don't as employers widen our outlook, we are going to narrow down our own pool, yeah. Yeah. and I think we need to, you know, look at that. Yeah, I think it's it's value on investment though, right? So so yeah. so um I had a chat with Will um recently, our tech director, and and he, he said, Look, I've got we were looking for um two people and we fa- actually found three. And 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 I said to him, Okay, so the third person, what what what, what he said, I want to take all three. And I'm like, okay, well, you don't have the budget for that, but all right, let's go find <laughs> budget first of all. Let's see if that's a problem. But he said one of the challenges was the third one had jumped a battle. Um, and um, or not jumped, sorry, not jumped by a lot, had a had a had had a couple of jobs, um, but not stuck at them. And I'm like, well, okay, so how how long um how long had they been in a job and 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 how good are they? Because from my point viewpoint, and, and whilst you want people to stay who are good, obviously you do, mm-hmm. you know, if you can get your return on investment right, so I don't know, if it costs you 15% of a salary to a recruiter, you've got two weeks worth of training to a, a developer who's pretty good, and then you get a year's worth of really, really, really good quality development, actually that's okay but mm-hmm. if it takes you six months to train someone and they stay for another three that's not okay Do you no, know what i mean no. or sorry yeah. that's not a good return on investment no. you know what i mean no. so it depends on the and i read articles quite a lot and i can't remember where they come from someone sends them to me about <laughs> sales people in business and how long um a telesales person kind of um stays with an organization and and it's been dropping over the years and now you find six months training, seventeen months worth of hard graft, and 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 staying beyond that six months. And actually, that balance, that balance is becoming pretty well, far less attractive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think you know it, it is difficult. I think there is. Um, I, I think it's multifaceted. That's what I think. I think the the fact that. Um, I do wonder if the Gen Z generation have been filled with all us Gen Xs saying, go out and see the world. Don't stick at one job. Yeah. You know, you're, you're trying to vicariously live your own um, life through 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 all our children to, to, yeah. to make them like that because that was the experience we had. And But I don't think the economy, you know, is much more of a, a, a you know, a jig economy, isn't it? You know, even our jobs, there's not many jobs that you can say you've got for life now. A lot of jobs are fluid. There is a, it's a service industry. It's a serving industry. So the turnover is much more. Um, albeit, I think property sector is probably one of the sectors that get missed because I think we do offer, yeah. um, you know, consistency and continuity longevity, and right. a longevity. And I don't understand why we're not up there more to be seen yeah. like that. 
by yeah. a lot more people, you know? Yeah. Sorry, Laura, were you going to say something? No, I was, again, just um, reiterating what Audrey said, but also career development. So within the property industry, you know, that kind of career development. I remember when I set out, you know, years and years ago when I worked in a um, call centre doing pay-as-you-go registrations and I went through all of the training and I did two weeks and I just thought I can't do this anymore and and I'm very much of a I've got a career for life I want a job but it was a it was it was like I couldn't whilst the the company had really good job prospects and really good opportunities I couldn't get myself out of the first stepping stone to go I need to work here for this time to build that up because it was just not me and I think I'm I'm probably take when I'm looking through CVs and looking through um you know, recruitments, I do always think of my own personal experiences because actually if the job isn't right for them at the time, there might be a couple of a couple of moves. Um so yeah. I suppose it's it's taking the job role and the the CVs on their own individual merit as well. Because if it is something that is mundane, say, or you know, you want to make sure that you get the right fit for the role because ultimately yeah. you're right in what you say, you know, you want that return on your investment because how much yeah. how much are you investing in that person in that individual for you know unfortunately like me and years and years ago for two weeks in to go I can't do this anymore so yeah no I get it I do get it but but similarly and this is always the the, the kind of thing at the back of my mind how is the coming back to your experience how is the person you've just employed what's their experience like what's their onboarding like what's you know what I mean there's um someone once said a phrase to me which I, I kind of agree to a certain extent and that is people join companies but they leave managers do you know what I mean so meaning that they you know they they they, they love the company we've had people say that in interviews I want to come and work for you so you got to make sure that their experience and the and the journey they have within your organization is a very very good one and 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 lives up to or exceeds their expectations. So, you know, there's a lot of, I mean, I, I remember my first job, but, you know, I, I appeared and I was pointed to my desk and my PC, or I was a PC in those days. It was a, it was a dumb terminal thing and said, you know, um, there's a bit of work, go code it, you know, pre- pretty much. And that, that was it, you know, whereas we've got a new business development manager coming on board at the beginning of July, this is probably going out after that, but never mind. Um, but we're coming on board at the beginning of July. And 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 Helen, our head of people in HR, she has she's got his first two months already worked out, you know, and yeah. that onboarding process. And that yeah. is so important because you know, I'm looking at this from a business or a, a business owner's perspective and a, and a leader's perspective, but you go look at it from the from the people coming on board perspective as well. You know, you've Absolutely. got to you've got to match both of them, you know. Yeah, I think onboarding is so important, you know, um, and, you know, obviously in, in my role, uh, we do it for board members who are, are volunteers. Um, yeah. So it's, it's most housing sector employees will, will get a lot of onboarding because it's it's the way we keep our volunteers. Yeah. It's the way we keep, you know, um, people, you know, engaged in our organisation um, and it's very value driven, you know, we, yeah. we, we we have very strong values and we, we want that to permeate through the organisation so, um, and, and we're the same, you know, um, Laura, uh, just in terms of making sure the staff are okay and you, you talked about that earlier on but I think we, we are great with teams, aren't we Laura? Um, call each other and 
that you can actually build up. I mean, Laura tells this lovely story about how she um, was hired during the pandemic and she managed to forge a relationship with colleagues um, through teams, you know, um, and I done the same. I I, I was working for um, a, an organisation, and I, I formed, you know, a really good relationship with when you weren't allowed to go out. So, I think this is the stuff you need to open your mind up about, you know, just how how you replace. I don't think I'll ever replace the, the human contact or the human interaction, and the, you know, but I, I do think it helps if you are really comfortable with the, the tech and the teams and the chats. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I think you're right. I don't think you can be kind of um, interaction. The, the problem is that I mean, I was having this chat with someone the other day. I, I really struggle because okay, you can see me from here up. There's no, you know, you can't see the body language that's happening underneath, and you know, and and, and so much of that interaction is not speech. Yeah, so yeah. I yeah. Can't. 